Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello, listeners from all over the world. 44 countries, I'm told. I am actress Catherine Tilsley from a little show called Coronation Street. I mean, I'm not sure you've heard of it, babe. Dead cheap house prices, apparently. Mainly because you're likely to lose your husband, get murdered or trapped under a tram. I was also in a little farming show called Emmerdale. Luckily, I missed the plane crash, helicopter crash, storm fires and multiple killings. I mean, that was a right busy weekend, that was. <laughs> anyway, I am so glad you are all loving Soap from the Box. I was on the first series with Lee and I know a lot of you want to know not just about the famous faces, but also what goes on behind the scenes. So here I am. I thought I would take over the podcast for one episode and interview Lee. Lee normally runs the podcast and also directed all of the top soaps for over 10 years. So he's bound to have some juicy gossip for you. Please welcome my guest today, Lee Salisbury. Hi. Hello. Hi, this is very strange. I bet it feels really weird for you being on the other side of things. Yeah, it is. It's really weird, especially because I'm used to starting off. It feels really weird, which is bizarre (laughs) because I never thought I'd be interviewing people all the time. And now it feels kind of like quite natural to do it. Oh, I'm sure you've got way more gossip than any of us actors, Hadley. I mean, obviously, we've known each other ages. We met on Coronation Street, didn't we? Yeah, we met on Coronation Street. And uh, yeah, I suppose... You get to know so much, don't you, on a show? But like we know, you actually keep everything between us. Do you know what I mean? It's that of what's course. The, what's the old saying, what goes on tour stays up. Because, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has to. Because you have fun filming and there's fallouts and we all know there's some difficult people to work with. But obviously, oh, yeah. we keep that all to ourselves. Obviously, Absolutely. You, what, you weren't one of the difficult ha- people to work with. Oh, thanks, babe. Well, it's a good job, really. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we would be doing this if you were, yeah. Brilliant. I remember actually some of my first scenes with you. They were the gym scenes. Do you remember Eva being in the gym and I was head to toe in pink lycra? Yes. I remember being very boob heavy at the time. I think I just had Alfie actually. Yeah, I think you had just had Alfie. And I think that was my first scene with you running. She was determined to go in the gym. And I mean, I just remember rolling up because Eva on a running machine, like she didn't really know what to do even on that and then tried to look. You were doing it so trying to look like perfection as she's running on this running machine, which, as we know, is so unglamorous. Brilliant. 
nightmare. We did loads of comedy scenes, which were brilliant, aren't they? I think comedy as a director is, and you'll know as an actor, it's kind of one of the hardest things. I think dramatic stuff mm. um, comes more. I don't know. I, I mean, luckily, I, I think I know what's funny, but the comedy can be quite hard to direct and work with. Can't I, I it? think you do it brilliantly, though. And it's, you know, it's part of the reason. Obviously, we, we work together on my play, The Ceremony, as well, which in essence, it is a comedy first and foremost. And it was part of the reason I wanted you to do it. And, and you know, I, I sent the script to you ages ago because you've got such a wicked sense of humour. I knew you'd be able to tell me whether it was funny or whether I was just laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I direct, I think the main thing is I, like, I'll cry at the telly and I'll laugh. And I know when I'm filming when it's right. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know when we did the play, do you remember when you did your big, monologue at the end and I came mm. up and I was like oh it just and sometimes you don't know quite what it is and it's not like you can give that much direction it's just mm-hmm. you don't feel it do you know what I mean yeah of course I mean directing on a soap that is an epic responsibility just just talk us through what it's like directing a soap um I mean yeah god it was nerve-wracking and I I my so if anyone's looking to get into it, I mean, they don't run this anymore, but I was directing telly, but I applied for a trainee director thing on Emmerdale, but you need to be a director already. So in theatre or in a different genre. So I got, it was wow. like X Factor. I went to about nine interviews or something. Um, oh my word. Yeah. And got it. And then basically shadowed another director on his block and then got to do one episode. So how it works people listening is when you direct you get given four or six episodes depending on the soap so you'll get your scripts you get your four episodes um you then work out everything about it so the props and how you're going to film it mm-hmm. uh, where you're going to film it plan the cameras uh and then obviously when you get to set it's then working with the actors if you've done all your prep for the cameras and the production team then you can spend time with the actors but yeah so when I got the hardest thing in the traineeship was he was like well I can't really say you're wrong or you're right because you've got your own way of directing. So he taught me how to do multi-camera because obviously right. you know, on Corrie and Emmerdale, we use like three or four cameras inside, which I'd never used. And that hey, took a bit of time to get used to because, so say if you're, um, if you're filming single camera, you can put the camera anywhere. But when you're filming multi-camera for quickness, you need to try to get the scene done in one or two with all the cameras, but crossing the mm-hmm. line... And all the mm-hmm. shadows and that. I mean, it was a bit of a head. <laughs> it was. I was kind of. It's so fast as well. It's. I it's mean, we so were at six fast. episodes. It's. I can't and begin like, to imagine. Know, you'll know when we do the pub scenes. Like, if you've got loads of people, so basically, I'll read a scene and be like, and try to. I think now, I got because I used to act and stuff as well. And when I was younger, I think I know mm. how it feels right. So normally, actors will agree with my movements. Sometimes I know, I remember this one actor told me, one director asked her to walk in the door of this room uh, to this person and then kind of walk up to the window, turn around and walk back again. And she was like, well, what? that just seems really weird. Do you know what I mean? Why would I do that? <laughs> so I think I've always got that all right with actors about the movement. But obviously yeah. you'll be reading the scene and you'll be like, right, okay, so Kathy was there and, there. and then suddenly something happened in the scene and you're like, oh, I need to start again because suddenly someone mm. comes in or... So it's it's kind of like a jigsaw directing, especially those, I mean, my first days in the pub, I remember I was dreading. Oh, I bet. Because you've got loads of actors and it's so iconic, isn't it? Being like in the Rovers. Yeah. And especially of whoever course. the band lady is, I think it was Bev when I was, when I joined, you're like, oh my God, it's, you know, Liz McDonald. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I can imagine. But I mean, we've all, and it's part of the reason that so many of us have turned around and said, we'd absolutely love to do Soap from the Box is because you are, to so many actors, their favourite director. You've got that balance. No, seriously, darling, the technical ability is there, but also the relationship with the actors is there and and the creativity and you don't always get directors that ha- that have that triple threat going on um so i mean we just love working with you and not to mention we absolutely wet ourselves laughing 90 percent of the time <laughs> so, but i remember someone um, saying to me actually like some directors are very technical now i'm probably much more of an actor's director than technical i'm technical but yes. I, I don't know all about different lenses and stuff do you know what i mean it just doesn't come naturally yeah but I kind of know what works. But um, yeah, I think you see, I remember, well, I remember reading about Ang Lee, who's obviously huge, and mm-hmm. broke that mountain and stuff. And the actor said he just never talked to them. So what? Yeah. So they would say he would just go, right, yeah, that's great. And they'd be like, and so they never saw him. And I just say, how can you... like that is crazy I find that really unnerving I know a lot of directors say if I don't talk to you it's because I'm happy but I I, I, as an actor myself I feel like I need that encouragement even if it's just you know nice one I'm happy etc but I can't imagine just not having that relationship what I found weird is when I joined soaps because I came from like factual and stuff and I was used to doing everything so I remember my first kind of few days on Emmerdale and I was running around organising props. And they were like, you don't need to do this. Brilliant. <laughs> we've, got, we've got a whole props team. But what I found weird was obviously, so for people listening, it, you, I'm directing, then you'll get like a first assistant director who's your voice on the floor and kind of organises the mm-hmm. schedule. And then a third assistant director who does extras. And I did find that quite weird at first because a lot of, because of where the gallery is in the studio, you can be miles away from where the studio is. But mm-hmm. I kind of always made a point of running down all the time because... I find it really weird passing on a message to the first to then give to the actors. Yeah. It's never the same. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not. And it's, it is so appreciated by the actors. I mean, obviously, at Coronation Street, I was there a long time. An amazing team. But as a director, who are the people that you are supported by? Um, so you have, I mean, it's a really weird job because it's quite an isolated job, really. So you, you've yeah. got the series producer, but you only really... What I love about soap is I remember getting told um, by an actress actually who had just been to America to a big thing there. And she said, it's the most control you'll ever get because normally on big films and stuff, you'll have loads of producers down and money people. Whereas on a soap, right. you go for your script meeting with a script editor and script producer and story um, and series producer. And then you're kind of left to it until the viewing. Mm. <laughs> so you can't, you can go to them with any problems. And if, say, if there's a thing in a script I think needs changing before we give to the actors, then I'll go to the script editor and talk to the writers. So you've got that support, but really then it's all down to you. And you'll know on set, often when we did a line run and stuff, things will be like, oh, that doesn't really work. Let's change it. Um, Yes. And I was happy to take that responsibility, but you know when it comes to the viewing that that you're going to be sat there just you and the series producer. So you've got to be able to, like, you you know, you take responsibility for every decision you make. So it's kind of like going back mm. to all those viewings. Oh, my word. you sit it's... there watching their face and hoping they're going to laugh and hoping they're going to cry. Oh, and, oh, and well, I remember one episode on Emmerdale, we did kind of rewrite a lot, which is, which is quite bad, I suppose, but it just wasn't working. And yeah, I remember the viewing thinking, oh, my God, but, it got, it got nominated in the end for an RTS award, so that was good. Oh, well, there you go. Amazing. Yeah. I think you know, don't you? If it either works or it doesn't, and and 
you know, we do have a little bit of leeway sometimes with the soaps and it's, oh, you've obviously done a good job. Yeah, but you know, like, you know, as an actress as well, when you go there, the most nerve-wracking thing, I think, because I think actors always say this anyway, every job, you never think you're as famous as other people or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But, and I go in going, especially on EastEnders, because I used to watch that all the time when I was young. So when I was first faced with, like, my first shoot there was a night shoot doing The Fire. That was my first ever shoot there. And the whole cast walked out. So I had June Brown, Pam St. Clement, Barbara Windsor, Phil Mitchell, Lacey Turner, um, Charlie And was Brooke. that Barbara Windsor's exit? That was her exit, yeah. That was her right. big exit. So my oh first my night with all the main cast, I was like, and wow. watching it all come around the corner. And I hadn't, because you know what it's like, you don't really, unless once you, you know, once you become friends with the director or once you start seeing them, you'll see them more. But at the beginning, you don't really see them until that block. So I hadn't met anyone on EastEnders and suddenly I had the entire cast there and had to do a big briefing because it was this huge fire block. I was like, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) Oh, gosh, I can't begin to. I mean, it must be really nerve wracking for you, especially when you're joining a new show. I mean, I know you've done the rounds now and and everybody knows your face, but, you know, in in the same breath, it's it's very nerve wracking for actors. And we, we don't often think about, we just assume that the directors are, you know, all seeing, all knowing. Yeah, it's I mean, I suppose is. I always think I'm getting tested by some actors, which I love, you see. So I don't like right. I and I think that's really good. So some actors would really test me, especially a couple on EastEnders that would ask constantly ask me. I mean, Steve McFadden's one actually, and I've said this, he's now lovely, but I remember he was very much I could tell he was judging his way with me. So he'd be like, right, well, right. you're gonna tell me where to stand. I'd be like, no, no, no. And we did some really serious stuff. And I just remember in the pub during that block, about a week and a half in, I said something and he went, yeah, no, that's good. I trust you. And I remember he walked away and it was like God had spoken. And the crew just went, (laughs) oh my God, that's like you've been touched by. And it felt like that. So when you've got that, I mean, I don't think that's a horrible thing to do because I think actors like that who've been on a show for ages probably do Mm -hmm. go, well, who's this new person coming in? Um, Yeah. So, but when you gain their trust, it's the best thing in the world, I think. So, um, but as you know, actors work very differently as well. So you'll be on the set with lots of actors mm-hmm. and you're, it's kind of like being a headmaster, I used to say, because you're judging. It's like actors can be, as we know, some sometimes mm-hmm. it's like a schoolyard. Do you know what I mean? If people aren't getting on. Oh, or, absolutely. It's so like herding cattle. <laughs> yeah. You've got the naughty ones who aren't listening. That used to be like Rita yeah. and Sam and EastEnders who, you'll be like, Rita, stop us around. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant you must get that so, as well though being uh, sorry I'm asking you a question but you must enter any new drama or whatever and be like oh my god I can't believe I'm working with them oh of course and I think you know it's funny and I, I, I said to my friend the other day it's only now as I've got older I used to turn up on set and look at other actors older actors they'd rock up and they'd know everybody they'd know the director they'd know yeah. the makeup they'd be like hi and I used to think, oh my God, I don't know anybody. And now it, I feel like the shoes on the other foot, the drama I've just done, I felt like I knew so many of the crew, which was just so lovely. And it, it does make you feel at ease when you well, know and you're very like, You're brilliant like that as well, because you, you like Barbara Windsor like that. I love actors who take the time to know the crew. Do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, bless Barbara would always call people boss or governor, you know, because she probably didn't know. Oh, but oh, bless she her. would make time for everyone. Because I always think, I, you know, I've worked with some, I have worked with some really difficult actors who you just think, 
why are you not being nice to the DOP and the Camerons? Like, they're the ones that make you, they can make you look rubbish. I mean, there was one actor, and I won't yeah. say which show or whatever, um, who used to get freezing cold. And But the, the crew used to purposefully make the place cold. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they won't say, it's just bizarre to me that you just think, just be nice to everyone. I mean, we. It's, I don't yeah. think it makes you any different than anyone else. So I just think, uh, but saying yeah. that, I've worked with some crew that are quite hard work. You know, it's just a balancing act. I don't understand it. Like every so often I'll come across somebody and, and I'll be like, how are you working with that attitude? I know. Because in essence, the crew are our family. And, and you do, especially when you're on a long job, like a soap, it really is a family and to to cut yourself off from people or to not take the time to get to know people it's just really sad isn't it yeah well I've got a neighbors podcast coming up um with two of the older stars who and they said actually that some of the crew are still the same as when they were there in 1986 and I, I love that that's the same we know with our soaps that it really is a family isn't it and that's the nicest <laughs> thing but for you as well like me and you have left now and it's a hard decision to make because it is like you're leaving a family but then so you can get so comfortable that it can just I did what I didn't want was to be there till I was 80 even though I could have yeah. you know what I mean you go I yeah do other stuff of course and I'm sorry can we just get a rewind was that an exclusive you've just done a podcast with people from Neighbours I know how excited Neighbours was my life when I was because I said so yes it's coming up in a few weeks um, and it's uh, Jeff Payne who play- see I, I called him Clive a couple of times because I'm so used to calling like <laughs> Clive and um, Lucinda who plays Melanie so she was in it with oh Clive, Jason, word. Madge, Harold, Craig, Henry that's amazing and he Clive was the one I don't know where you're probably too young to remember he basically there was a big car crash with Paul Robinson that Scott Robinson Jason Donovan was like in hospital in a coma yes and Clive, yes. Clive was the one who saved the baby in the buggy that through pulled out the way but yeah it was mad speaking them to, like when you speak to your but you'll be the same as well like when I go on set or when I did the podcast this morning I just you just suddenly a switch goes on you're just professional or you just get on with it mm-hmm. and then after mm-hmm. you go like when I did the Queen Vic fire every night I would go back to my I was staying with a flatmate at the time in London and just be like what have I just done today like but you don't think of it when you're doing it no, no, I know what you mean. It's afterwards, isn't it? And you think, wow, that was. I mean, you you've had you've done some really big storylines across the soap, and some really emotional, um, hard hitting storylines, like the cot death in Emmerdale, which of course was BAFTA nominated. I mean, that must take its toll on you. I know it does on the actors, but it, it must be quite a heavy period of time to go through something like that. It was actually, I mean, that's, I think, the biggest block of anything I've ever done. I remember reading the script on the train because you got given the scripts and you'll you're know this was so, well, you're in it more, but when I got my, so I'd be doing a block and then obviously loads would go on in between my next block. And so you'd even, <clears throat> you'd be at the show, but you'd have no idea what was coming up in your scripts because you were so far ahead on your next block from what's going on. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, when I got the script for that, I just remember sitting on the train, I was in like floods of tears. I was like, oh my God, excited uh, because I knew yeah. it was going to be brilliant um, and thrilled that they trusted me with it. And yeah, it was the most, Charlotte Bellamy, who plays Laurel, so basically she goes upstairs and she realises her baby's like not breathing. Yeah. Oh. We had this doll made that was like, it felt, I mean, it was horrible to hold. She would only hold it for the take because it felt like a, mm-hmm. it, was, it was the weight of a baby. Yeah, they do, don't they? Jelly babies. Yeah, and it was, so, and then 
but, but I think this is the joy of multi-camera, like we were saying in studio, because if you plan it well, you can get things in one take. And I'll just never forget Charlotte Bellamy doing the scene where she runs downstairs. I mean, it will live with me to this day. And there oh. was not one person, not one cameraman, not one sound guy who wasn't crying. Um, mm -hmm. It was just incredible. But what I loved about that, the writer, we work quite closely, and the writer, Karen Young, who's amazing, basically had said to me what she wanted to do was, <clears throat> through every character in that episode, show a side of what people suffer outside. So someone who's been through it could relate to the reaction of one person. Do you know what I mean? So yes, yeah. try to get everything that a parent would do in to other characters so someone could relate, yes. to, someone could relate to it. And I just remember we, I mean, I, yeah, I remember it was traumatic. I mean, we got so drunk. We all went to a place in Leeds the day we did the really heavy stuff. Oh. Oh my God, we got so drunk. But, and Jenna Coleman was in that as well. <clears throat> but I remember when we got loads of letters and there was one letter that was just incredible, which this woman wrote and said, um, you know, uh, I, me and my husband suffered from cot death about a year and a half ago, and we've never been able to speak about it. But I, what I made, you know, I made him watch the episode tonight, and we sat up all night just holding each other, and it was like, oh my, oh gosh. darling, and that's just the power of. I think that is the power of so. That's what we know we can do when we Absolutely. get it right. We're in people's lounges every day, um, and people really relate to it. So you, the, the responsibility is huge when you got something like that. But I mean. The best actors, Charlotte, John, Duncan Preston, it was just, it was so incredible. Amazing. Too. Yeah. yeah and you know, they're all amazing. You know, when you're working on a big episode, you it's just something, can, it's such a special feeling as well. Do you know what I mean? Isn't it? It really is. It really is. And like you say, the, the importance of of soap reaching out far and wide. You know, when we did the Aiden suicide yeah, storyline. I know. It, it was just an incredible reaction. You had people and, stop you, know, you on the street and stuff, didn't you? And in shops. We did, we did, and it is, it's it's the, the power of soap. I mean, you do feel like, I don't know about you, when I'm doing things like weddings and funerals over the years at Corrie, it gets to the point where when I was going to people's actual weddings, like I remember being sat at Paula Lane's <laughs> real-life wedding, who plays Kyla, and I remember being sat there with Tom, and for a few moments, it felt like I was filming because I looked around me and it was the entire cast of Corrie and Paula was, and I was like, oh my oh, God, yeah, this is course. real life. She's actually getting mad because we'd had a spate of so many weddings. <laughs> I mean, you I can, mean, it is like a separate life, a parallel universe. Well, it's like when you do Christmas on a soap and you do it in like October. And I, I used to feel like I'm yeah. Christmas then because everyone, yeah. kind of, everyone puts on things and you dance around and be stupid and you eat the Christmas food. And by Christmas, I was like, oh, I've already done Christmas. Because especially totally. on Christmas Day app, especially on, say, yeah. you had snow business in and you had the village covered in snow for days on end. It was like, right, we've properly done Christmas now. And you'd have yeah, and we had the choir in singing in the village. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And weddings, this was the point. I'd done weddings, I'd done a few more. And I was like, you know, when you've done, we know on soap, everyone loves weddings to watch, but they're the worst things to film. Oh, yeah. They're just horrendous just because of the time it takes. And like we said earlier, the cast, if if you give cast scenes where they've not got anything to do apart from sit at a wedding, it's like having kids on set. Absolutely. <laughs> Completely it is. Around. Yeah. Um, because you just sat there for 12 hours a day. You know, like when you're actually doing the church scenes or the registry office. Yeah. And and we do. I'll hold my hands up. We are like. Oh god! And I don't blame. Where... I would be as well. But um, and I don't mind it. It's just when you're. It's just you know you've got that coming up. And also, uh, what I used to love about when you get scripts, what I used to hate about scripts is 
there's subtext in so many of the scenes. So it'd be like, you've got the scene about them and then it will say, oh, so-and-so catches so-and-so's eye on that line. And then so-and-so, and that for me, I'm going, right, I need a camera there. I need a camera there. I need to do a shot there just to get one person's look. And it's all those things going on at weddings that you're like, oh God, this is going to take hours to record. And obviously you don't get that much time to record it still. They still don't give you wow. that. So, and that's actually, I would say, the biggest stress as a director that everyone puts it on you. So the first AD, who are brilliant first AD, and they'll schedule it really well. But by the end of the day, I always got told it's totally your responsibility if you drop scenes. So, uh, you know, it's my responsibility as the day goes on <clears throat> to kind of go, right, we're behind. What can I do to the scenes later on to make them a bit simpler? Mm-hmm. As you know, if you drop off at the end of the day, and it's imagined, and this has happened, you know, dropping a wedding scene that's got most yeah. of it lasted and then having to reschedule that is an absolute Ooh. nightmare. So you okay. know that the responsibility to get it all done, and that every day is such a big kind of thing in your head. <laughs> You, you clearly love your job, but what is the hardest thing about being a director? Um, oh, God, that's a really good question. What's the hardest thing about being a director? Um, oh, God, I don't know what to say. I suppose, <laughs> I think it's, um, I think it's just that levelling, it's that juggling everyone, because everyone's got to, I think it, the hardest thing for me is juggling cast personalities, I suppose. Like on the yeah. show, like, there's a lot of different, people there and there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes and you kind of are the you're the person on set that kind of talks to everyone and you know you know some actors work very differently so some actors will come on mm-hmm. and know their lines perfectly I remember on some shows some actors come on and kind of really want to be organic and kind of and so then people will get annoyed and you're and so you're the one that's kind of in between it all, which can be I've told this story before um that the weirdest time was Barbara Windsor and Steve McFadden and they're they're like you know mother and son they were like mother and son they absolutely loved each other to bits Mm. but when we did this big when we did her leaving and uh, Phil was taking loads of drugs at the time and they just worked differently as actors so so Steve McFadden kind of really channels everything and really would come in like you know already feeling you know Phil Mitchell and Barbara just Mm. turns it on and I remember they so they could kind of disagree with how they you know got through that and uh I mean, we did one scene where I literally sat for a line run and Barbara was saying, will you ask Steve if he's going to say it like that? And I was going, oh my God, it's actually happening. So I was like, Steve, Barbara said, tell Barbara. And I was thinking, oh my God, this is the most oh real thing in the world. I mean, by the end of the day, they, they were totally in love with each other. But it was just but you're suddenly that person who's going, right, I'm actually doing this. <laughs> Blimey. Yeah, it's such, I can, oh, I mean, my I just couldn't do your job. My brain would explode. I mean, are you the kind He's of, you're s- the kind of actor, you know, you learn all your stuff, don't you? I mean, I think yes. I panic as an actor coming on being organic. Do you know what I mean? I can't, I, I understand not wanting to over-rehearse things. We, I mean, you don't really have the chance to do that anyway with soul. No. Um, but for me, I, I, I can't imagine... There are actors that I've worked with that will look at their lines two minutes before they go on set. And I, for me, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I'm really OCD about learning my lines. And, and also when you across six episodes and it must yeah. be the same for you, you don't know your backside from your elbow for want of a better face. You have to keep notes constantly. Oh, you, you have do, to keep yeah. referring to your working script. With, working with newer actors, I used to love, but also was quite a challenge because obviously 
when you work with a new actor on a soap, you if you're introducing a character, the pressure's on you as well, obviously. And yeah. you take a lot more time with those people, which does think because you just see that, you know, I know from auditioning people, so we'll audition for main roles and often it can take months. You know, I remember it in, doing the Wild Family for Emmerdale, we saw so many people. Um, but then when they get the job that, you know, it's, you know, you're in 20 scenes a day for four weeks. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. see these young actors being like, oh my God. So I'd always take them around yeah. the sets and get them used to the sets and show them all the camera traps and kind of try to get them yeah. Go, talking about mapping their journey because a lot of younger actors like you said when you're covering so many episodes um you know you want to go where well, you can't cry you have to work out when you're going to cry do you know what I mean because otherwise mm-hmm. you're going to be crying all the time when it comes to going on telly so yeah that used to yeah. have so much time in you actors but I used to love it because it's great when you introduce someone new to a to a big show like that even though you know they're absolutely bricking it <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's it's a massive part of their life. It's a super special moment for you to be a part of. Yeah, imagine your so, first. Did you, did you have? Sorry to ask you. Did you have a big like yeah. viewing party for your first step of Curry? Did I? I think I did because I remember um, because we kind of joined as a family. There was myself, Michelle Collins, and John Mickey, um, and they'd spent. ITV had spent so much, yeah, yeah, so much money on this trailer. I had no idea it was going to be as big as it was, and I kept thinking, "Oh my god, they've spent a fortune on this advert." Don't be crap. Don't be crap. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I did. I think I was with my mum and dad actually, and it was it's it was a huge thing because my entire family has always watched Coronation Street. I mean, especially when you're from Manchester, it is an institution, and. You know, it's one of the main things that everyone talks about. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a responsibility for sure. I remember when I did EastEnders and used to, the weirdest thing on EastEnders is the duff-duffs at the end. So you have to, as an actor, <laughs> as a director, you have to hold the look longer because obviously if you think about it and you've got the last line and then in your head, the actors do it and you as a director do it, go, Yes! Because it has to be that long, the look. So, like, I was told immediately, make sure you do that, because if you get to the edit and the look's not long enough, it's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But we used to do the Duff Duffs. We used to steal EastEnders Duff Duffs. If we were in the last scene of an episode at Corrie, we'd always want somebody, whether it be a member of crew or cast, somebody would go, Duff, 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 Duff. <laughs> And I, as a director as well, when I went to the edits for the first time, that used to be so exciting because to hear the Coronation Street theme come on and then it's like directed by Lee Salisbury on the top. It's like, oh, oh my God, so exciting. That's amazing. Absolutely. What would you, so if anybody out there, that if they're thinking of going into directing, what advice could you give them? What is the best way to go about it? Well, I would say that you kind of, as a director, you... Are responsible for all the different teams so I think the best way is to work your way up so I started as a runner in telly and then uh and I was an edit runner at first so I got to learn how an edit works then I was a researcher on many different shows I think <clears throat> there's no rush to get to being a director because I used to love being a runner and stuff because you've got no responsibility oh. really. so I would mm-hmm. say just work your way up because you want to get to know what everyone else does so then when you're directing you kind of know how every department works um and I do think it's one of those things I think it's like an actor I think you can't really learn to be a director I think you've either got a vision and you know a story head in you um and like we said you need to you need to love acting you need to want you need to know what's good and what's bad um yeah 
And I think you do know that probably from an early age. I mean, I think I was always knowing that I wanted to work in TV or theatre or stuff. But mm. um, and then technically, because technical stuff you can learn. So I would just say to anyone, yeah. And obviously nowadays it's so different. Like talking like I'm really old because you can do so much. You can buy little cameras. You can make your own short films. I always used to remember those saying at job interviews. They used to be like, "Have you not got any short films to show me?" And I'd be like, "Well, no," because everyone can do that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm lucky enough that I've done loads of telly, but. I just think, um, yeah, make stuff, but it's very, don't exhaust loads of money into that because I think there's so much out there. So I just think Absolutely. you need to get into a television production and uh, start from the bottom up. Absolutely. No, I think that's great advice. Uh, and like you say, then you, you, you gain appreciation as well for everything that everybody does on the job. I yeah, mean, and you know what everyone does. Do you know what I mean? So you're not kind of there because I, I have worked with directors and it's no disrespect to them say theatre directors have come to telly who obviously don't really know much about it. and I think that's a real struggle you know because mm-hmm. you need to know what everyone does you need to, an understanding what it's like to be a runner as well and a researcher so uh, yeah, yeah of course so it, uh, if you were headed to Corrie for example what would a normal day be like for you on set like talk <laughs> us through an, an average day Okay, so an average day, so on set when we're filming, so you'd arrive, I always arrive about an hour and a half early, so about half five, six o'clock in the morning. Um, I know, get because you need to, so basically you, over your prep period, you've done all of your camera plans for every scene, which is like uh, like doing so much homework and so much work. So then <clears throat> every night I'd put the next day scenes together in the morning once I get to work, kind of go back to the sets and read, because you've camera planned it ages ago, so get my head back into the zone for those scenes. Um, then, as you know, we'd come and chat in the green room and be quite relaxed um, mm-hmm. and then start filming. On Corrie, it's quite nice. You do. We have tea breaks on Corrie and Emmerdale. So you'll film, film, film. We get about, I mean, I would say it was an average about 40, 40 minutes for a scene, wasn't it? 40 minutes an hour for a scene, yeah. scene which isn't much time because obviously then we'll go on set for every scene. The cast come on, chat to the cast, do a line run. Tell the cameras, the cameras have got your camera plan, so they kind of start making sense of it. You start blocking it through. Like I said, hopefully knowing actors, then I know hopefully my block through is good because otherwise, if you do have all the actors going, well, no, I don't want to do that, then obviously in your head, you've got to then replan the entire scene, which I don't mind oh. doing. So if you if you all go, it would work better like this, you are inwardly going, <laughs> ah! Yeah. You've got to replan it, but you've got to be prepared for that. But um, luckily, like yeah. I said, because hopefully I get actors then most times it would work mm. and then you run to the gallery and then you start filming and the hardest thing is like I said earlier because you know you've got to keep to a time limit so say I was a stickler for every single detail so if a camera just did a tiny reframe or something I used to have to go again yeah <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be perfect but that's the hard balancing act of going right I'm going to run over 10 minutes on this scene if we do it again just to get that bit better or just like I'll say to an actor, it wasn't quite there. And the first is often going, oh, it was great. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's just that constant balancing act all day. But it's kind Does of... Does it get easier? Like, what one sh- say you look at a script and it's actors that have been there a few years. You've worked with them a few times. Uh, can you kind of second guess, you know, how they're going to do it, what they're going to do, if they're going to disagree with it? Does it get easier the longer that, oh, you know... Totally. I think the minute I've worked yeah. with an actor the first time it gets 10 times easier the minute you know what they're like personally how they work um right. I mean I was always one for 
everyone laughing at because I'd kind of act it out for you. I'd act out Eva for mm-hmm. you in front of you. Land <laughs> <laughs> with. I used to camera plan. I used to be all the characters in the pub. I used to love it. But um, yeah, it gets Great. so much easier when you work with people. Um, and then obviously the big people in soap like Barbara Knox and stuff, you're always going to be nerve wracked, nerve wracked with because yeah, they're just course. legends, aren't they? When you do scenes, oh. Them, you're like, oh my god! It doesn't matter how long you work with somebody like that for, and they're so lovely, but you you just still can't. They've just got this presence about them that they are an official soap legend. I know. Like if you go into the cabin, full stop. I used to be like, oh my god, I'm in the cabin. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't yeah. go in there often. It's only whenever Rita's there um absolutely yeah it was that that was always weird yeah is there anything so say if I was to say to you what would be and it can be anything it can be film television theater what would be your dream job with your dream actors what would that be if you could have anything if you could direct anything and anyone give me I mean obviously babes first choice would be me but we'll just ignore that now yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you would be in my dream cast Um, I mean I think my dream dream cast person ever is Keely Hawes I'm just in love with Keely Hawes she's amazing Uh, she is amazing and she's also very when I used to be on Twitter as myself I wrote something like you're amazing in this and she followed me and started talking to me I was like my god you're brilliant Um, so she I remember younger wise uh, do you remember Spooks I do. I do remember the first series of Spooks. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the kind of thing I want to make. I love thrillers. I love kind of uh, what I would love is my own series that you can shape from the beginning. So we've obviously got things in the pipeline, but something where you've got your mark and you just because obviously when you go into a soap, you're just part of the machinery. You're not going to kind of go in and film it like film noir. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Black and white. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to do my own series basically where you get to, and I don't really mind what that series is. And as we know, you can, we can get stuff off the ground now. It's just getting it commissioned. I mean, when you see stuff like Derry Girls, even, you know, a series like that comes along, you're like, oh, this is brilliant. Do you mm. know what I mean? Because it's, I, what mm. I love is the mix of comedy and drama, which I know you love as well. I love something that yeah. makes you laugh one minute and make you cry the next minute. And I'm uh, I'm just noting this down. Yes, yeah, yeah. but that's how you write anyway. But that's what we love, isn't it? I love things where you. I mean, and Derry Girls is great because it's set against that historic backdrop of the IRA and yeah. stuff. But when something's tied yeah. into something real as well, I think it's even better. So yeah, that kind mm. of. I mean, phase we just want our own Netflix. You, Keely Hawes, and maybe <laughs> Justin Timberlake, just so we can look at him. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's got BAFTA written all over it's it. It's got babe. BAFTA written all over it. Me, you, Justin and Keely at BAFTA. Let's be honest. And the afterwards. I, I'm totally going to ask you a random question now because it is the question that I ask everybody in life. Absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with your directing. It's your last meal, three courses, what would you have? Oh my God. Okay, three courses, what would I have? I'd have breaded mushrooms to start with garlic dip. Oof. Then strong I'd, then i'd have a whole massive curry uh, yes probably this is chicken, why we're friends chicken tikka <laughs> chili bowl tea all the way with a pita. i'm not eating carbs as you know at the moment but I, if it's my yeah. last meal then god i'll just eat every single carb so i'll probably yeah, have yeah. chips rice pasta and potatoes uh, oh. and then uh, just loads of ben and jerry's ice cream i love ice cream but i also do love um creme brulee as well for pudding Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I made and I'm gonna put... once and I had to have 
I remember the recipe and I was like, surely it's not this many bags of sugar. And it actually was. I was like, oh my yes. God, it's got bags of sugar in. It's only when you make things. I did um, sticky toffee pudding from scratch this Christmas. It's my favourite dessert. Oh, and God, as really I was making bad. it, I was like, oh my God, some people eat this like every week. How are they not dead? <laughs> yeah, like, was it, it loads was of sugar as well? So much sugar, so much butter. Like, I, I would literally, as I was doing it, I thought, I'm definitely going to get type 2 diabetes after eating this meal. I know, well, I love croissants, and then you watch it on Bake Off, just the big yeah. mounds of butter. You're like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, it's best not to know, babe. It's best to yeah. let somebody Let's else make it, it for you. Make it, yeah. <laughs> if I was to say to you, and again, obviously, you know, my scenes will have been up there, but we'll overlook that. <laughs> um what has been one of your golden moments on any of the soaps? If you had to pick a storyline or a scene that really stands out for you, what would it be? Um, I think it would have to be, and God rest us, old Barbara Windsor, the final shot we did of her. Um, and it was before we had um, uh, drones and stuff. So basically I'd done, yeah. so she walked out of Phil's house and we were on Steadicam and then the Steadicam, the Steadicam operator um the cameraman stepped back onto the crane base and then the crane went up in the air and then <gasps> oh we kind of went onto the track and it was a great shot but also just the iconic moment as she looks back at the queen vic when it was all burned down and, and i'll just always oh. remember that because obviously barbara was amazing and so i'll always yeah. keep that with me that i managed that i got to do that um amazing yeah that's incredible. And of course, one of our biggest soap legends, God rest her soul. What a lady. No, what a lady. She'll be up there. She'll be up there cackling now. So Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Having a ball. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lee. Thanks for having me on, It's been amazing. It's been really nice. To I'm have gonna a bit send of you this to edit and stuff now. I hope you know. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know about that. I, don't <laughs> I can gas all day long. I could talk to you for seven hours if you want, but editing <laughs> is not my forte. <laughs> oh, no, thank you so much for doing this. It's been fun. I've loved it. And, you know, it's great for your listeners to, to, to see the other side of things because it's just fascinating how you put a soap together. Right, well, I'll see you soon to stick it off your pudding. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Lots of love. Bye, darling. I'll be handing back to Lee next Sunday for two more episodes of Soap from the Box. And you can catch up with Lee all week on social media at Soap from the Box on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Have a fabulous week, babe.